when I first started, you don't know any better. Like you just, I rented to single, single students, right? And just, they don't know anybody coming in. And that leads to potential uh, conflict with uh, the students there. So lesson learned, like nothing major happened. Like whenever I say student rentals, people are like, oh yeah, you, you know, they're going to trash your house. Well, they could, but you can put some measures in place in the lease where the parents sign on as guarantors and various things like that, just to help better protect yourself. So yeah, I did student rentals for a while, mostly because of cash flow, and I wanted to quit my job. So cash flow was more important to me than equity. You are listening to the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show, the podcast dedicated to empowering you to invest for your family's future. Listen in to learn about different strategies successful investors use to live their best lives. Whether you are starting out on your real estate wealth building journey or a seasoned investor looking for the next unfair advantage, this is the show for you. Each conversation will help you be more savvy when it comes to understanding how to leverage real estate to achieve your goals and live an extraordinary life. Your host is none other than seasoned investors and power couple, Jose and Khadija Jafferji, founders of the Savvy Real Estate Group, where we have been helping passive investors grow their wealth and getting them one step closer to financial freedom since 2008. Hey, Savvy Real Estate Investors. We have Mike Gillespie on our show today. Mike is actually a personal friend who we've known for almost a decade now. And uh, yeah, Mike is a real estate investor, but like many investors we speak to, investing is just a means to an end and essentially a vehicle to create financial freedom, right? So that's exactly what Mike was able to do so he could focus on his real passion, which is helping people live more powerful and purpose-driven lives. He is the founder of Epic Living Academy, where he offers experiences and coaching to people. Yeah, we really got into Mike's journey and his exit from his corporate career uh, several years ago now. And we talked about being you know, busy and hustling and why that isn't really a good thing and how it's so important to prioritize ourselves and our uh, physical and mental health and that well-being. Uh, so here's Mike Gillespie. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks for being on the show today. Really excited to have a conversation with you. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown of, uh, you know, who you are and, you know, maybe give us a little bit about a history about, um, you know, where you started and, and sort of where that's led you today. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on here. So um, quite the journey. I guess I can start back from kind of like my, my schooling days. So I went to university, studied uh, business and computers, kind of nudged in that direction from my parents and school, high school, all that stuff. And I didn't mind it, uh, but just some of the courses that they forced you to take, I just wasn't the biggest fan of it. So long story short with schooling, I ended up quitting university against my dad's uh, ideas. Like he had a, a path for me, he wanted me to go down, right? So I ended, this is one of the, it was almost uh, the moment where I kind of take more ownership of my life. So I switched into college. I uh, was there half the time. Um, I switched into computer science, got twice the experience. It was probably half the money of the university as well. So I ended up getting a co-op position at the Ministry of Transportation uh, in St. Catharines there. 
and I got back-to-back work terms, and then uh, I had to go back to school for one more term, and then they hired me right out of school. So started there, was awesome, couldn't believe I was making the money I was making for what I was doing there. Um, met with a couple dudes that I work with, introduced me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure a lot of people on your podcast have also read that book. Um, yeah, and that just kind of planted the seeds for me. Just started me down the entrepreneurship path, the business path, you know, just looking at money uh, differently, good debt versus bad debt, real estate investing. A couple dudes at work were buying student rentals out in Niagara. So I was just like a sponge back then. And getting money back then was a lot easier than it is now. Uh, banks were just giving money away. So it was, uh, so I just, I, I would buy single family homes and convert them to six bedroom student rentals and rent to students. So I did that for a bunch, you know, just lots of cash flow, not a lot of appreciation. Um, then another book was recommended to me, The Four Hour Work Week, which is another awesome book on lifestyle design. So yeah, work was, uh, the, the more I stayed there, the, the less I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed doing other things more. And I just didn't get fulfillment from work much. And reading these books and joining different groups like the Real Estate Investment Network group. And that's how we connected. And I just enjoyed doing that stuff a lot more. But I didn't, uh, I didn't really know how to make the transition just didn't feel like I had much time to do that. So um, I ended up taking a couple leave of absences from my job. I had kids in that process as well. So that adds in some uh, extra busyness. I had some daughters. So yeah, I took a break from work because I just had no time to explore other things. I just knew I didn't want to be, they call it the lifer uh, with the government. So um, yeah, I took a break and explored and I helped my handyman for a bit. Um, I, I explored with some other side businesses. And then uh, I just got to thinking, like, I'd like to help people. And I knew real estate investing. So I became a real estate business coach, did that for about a year, went back to my employer and asked for another year off, another unpaid year off. They're like, yeah, sure. So um, that coaching business eventually evolved into more holistic coaching, more like kind of like life coaching type of thing. And that's when I created the Epic Living Academy. And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Now I, I coach people one-on-one groups and I coordinate experiences and things like that. So, and then uh, I went back to the employer one last time because um, I really liked that safety net. Um, they're like, no, you gotta, you gotta figure out what you're doing. So I'm like, all right, this shit, this stuff's going well over here. I'm done here. And very, very tough decision is the the whole golden handcuff thing, right? I'm sure you got you guys can relate a lot with that and a lot of chatter in your ears of, hey, like, oh, you're crazy. Why would you leave this? But the more and more I hung around people like you and uh, other people in the, the real estate and investment community, they understand and they get that fulfillment and life experiences are also important in life and not just money. So long winded answer to. No, that's, that's great. Um, 
yeah, you, you know what? Uh, that's that's amazing, and and it's almost like when you taste that freedom, it's it's hard to go back to your nine to five job, right? Because you're just so used to that lifestyle, yeah, controlling your schedule hundred percent. You know that 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 whole freedom aspect to, you, know, you can tomorrow go and go hiking or uh, go do something fun. Go to a concert in Toronto with your daughter. You were just telling us, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's great to be able to just like take them out to school and have fun. But even while you're out and about, like there's life lessons to learn, like outside of school as well. So yeah, super cool. And once you, like you said, once you get a taste of it, that's your sampler. And then there were times where I had to go back to my job because I took parental leave as well. And like you enjoy the freedom and the lifestyle and the fun and like there's obviously work as well, um, for sure. But it's going back. It's just a reminder of, okay, now I know why I have to do this hard work on the side because I don't want to go back and do that stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, We're we're, going to get back to the, the, uh, you, you know, your basically your uh, epic living academy that you formed and but before that i want to get into a little bit more uh your real estate journey um you mentioned you got into student rentals um maybe give us a uh you know a little sample of what that, that looked like back then like you know purchase price what were the rents like yeah yeah the good old days oh yeah so the first couple i bought were probably in the 120-ish range, 120,000-ish. And I'm inputting the numbers into the spreadsheet. And I'm put, so rents were ranged, and I, they were by the bedroom. So usually between 375 to 425 a room. So on average, 400-ish. Um, so six times 400, 2,400 bucks in rent. And after expenses, cash flow would be sometimes thirteen hundred a month on each property. And I'm doing these spreadsheets. I'm like, and I'm buying multiple properties here. I'm like, am I missing something here? Like, did I miss a field in the spreadsheet? Some like magic expense that I'm missing? Because I'm literally buying property for 120, the bank is giving us the five percent down payment. So we did. I think we did one of those. We did a couple with zero percent down, a couple with five percent down. You know, the, the 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 good old days back then, like you say. Yeah, so you could buy anything back then and, and make it work. I still remember my first one was I really forced six bedrooms into this house. Like I literally renovated the basement and put two more bedrooms and a bathroom down there. And the ceiling height wasn't ideal. Like that one tall guy, like he had to duck to get under the, the air duct going into the bedroom. And I was able to make that work, but future homes, I, I, I had more of a different strategy. And when I first started, you don't know any better. Like you just, I rented to single, single students, right? And just, they don't know anybody coming in and that, that leads to potential uh, conflict with uh, the students there. So lesson learned, um, like nothing major happened. Like whenever I say student rentals, people are like, oh yeah, you, you know, they're going to trash your house. Well, they could, but you can put some measures in place in the lease where the parents sign on as guarantors and various things like that just to help better protect yourself. Um, so, yeah, I did student rentals for a while, mostly because of cash flow. 
and I wanted to quit my job. So cash flow was more important to me than equity because I needed to supplement my lost wage with that cash flow. So those are the student rental days. And then that eventually evolved into, hey, I can just convert these to duplexes and rent to families and make around the same amount of money and the families stay more than just, you know, the two terms or whatever. Um, so yeah, I converted them to, uh, to that. So there's less management and also, um, Niagara went through the roof partly because rockstar found out that Niagara <laughs> was a good place to invest in, but like anywhere, like markets have gone up a bunch, but these last couple of years have been like an extra bonus because not only is the cash flow there now, like the the appreciation has gone pretty well too. So yeah, so that's uh, student rentals and all that fun stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you, you sort of used real estate. It, it, it sounds to me, I mean, you can correct me if, my, if I'm wrong, but real estate was just a vehicle, right? Like real estate was a vehicle for you to be able to achieve that freedom, um, to leave your job and to create time freedom for yourself. And that then allowed you to start to pursue things, you know, almost like a new career that was actually your calling. So maybe talk to us about that transition. Like how did you figure out, you know, that coaching was something you wanted to do specifically life coaching and you know, how you were able to transition into that? Yeah, of course. So it was definitely a vehicle for me um, because when you're looking to make a transition into something else, you obviously need to make sure that, you know, you can still pay the bills. So real estate was very pivotal in, in all of that because that was most of my investments at the time. So as I said earlier, like I got so busy with things and you guys can probably appreciate this. Like we were in this real estate group and everyone around us is like, I want 50 properties and I want 75, I want apartment buildings. And it's awesome. Like, and I started that way you know, I got up to 13 properties at one point. Um, for me, like I just, I just created so much busyness. And when we joined that group, there was something that we did called the, your personal beliefs, right? It's like, why are you doing this all for, right? And I lost track of that. I got busy in the success journey um, that I forgot. And there's this one picture that I have that I always come back to. It's me sitting on the couch with one phone here, another phone here, and a laptop on the floor in front of me with kids' toys like behind me, right? And it's, it's a really good kind of summary of where I was at that time. Like I just created so much busyness, you know, I'm sure that I could have outsourced some stuff and made things easier. But at the time I, you know, husband, dad, uh, managing 13 properties and other side businesses, I just didn't have time to figure out what else I wanted to do because I was just too busy. So the transition into coaching was I need a breather from something. And, um, the thing that I least liked was my job. So I just needed to make sure that I had some cash flow coming in to pay the bills, but taking a break from my job allowed me some time to explore other things. And the massive epiphany, the biggest aha moment, um, that one of my coaches shared with me back in the day that sounds so simple to me right now is. You're at your job the majority of your wake time, 
So I used to think that I was happy in my life. But when he said that, that hit home for me because I wasn't happy in my work, yet I'm going there for eight and a half, nine hours a day. How can I come home expecting that everything's all great when, you know, I had that on the go? So that was a big decision to take a break from my work. And as I said earlier, um, I knew real estate investing. I had a bunch of properties, things I was, I guess, successful, you know, like good cash flow, all that stuff. But um, I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't happy in my work. So real estate, and I like to help people, real estate business coach. So did that for about a year and then um, came to the realization that life is so much more than about money. And well, why not? tap back into my original why of, you know, I, I want to be a good example for my kids. I want to get my health back on track, um, you know, really spend some time on some of my other values. And that's where, you know, I transitioned more into epic living coaching um, and more holistic coaching and helping people enjoy life experiences well. You know, finances is a part of it. Yes, I'm a big fan of money. It allows me to fund the experiences, but uh, it's it's a piece of the pie. It's one eighth of the pie. It's a whole bunch of other cool things as well. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit of a more of a psychological question in regards to, you know, like you you saw people at your government job, you know, perhaps your managers and. Um, what, what do you, and, and just people in general, maybe, what is it about, uh, you know, like the whole idea of being so comfortable in a job that, uh, that, you know, people are kind of blinded by what, what more could there be with, with living a more fulfilling life? Yeah. You know, why, why is it that more people are not doing, uh, what they're, you know, what they want to do or. Uh, or, explore, see the, or see the possibilities yes. even of that. Hey, like I could do this, right? So the, so the big thing is comfort, safety, and security. Uh, people do more of what they know and what is easy. It just, it, it is what it is. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There are times where I just like chilling on the couch and doing whatever. And so for the government, for sure, like it's, it's safe, secure, you know your paycheck's coming in every two weeks. You know how it is as an entrepreneur. Like the money can go up and down. Um, our emotions can go up and down. When I was at my job, like I was just kind of like flatlining. Like the well, the bank accounts were going up because the money was coming in, but my emotions, like my fulfillment level, like it was just like meh, right? And for me, I, I just the one of the big turning points for me at work uh, was. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not fulfilled and not happy, which is obviously a, a big thing. But the, some of the people that have been around for a while at that at, at work, they, I could tell they were getting less happy as they were there. They had the retirement clock above their office. They're counting down to retirement. And it was like, what am I waiting for? Like, people are like, oh, well, I get to retire in eight years, six months, four days. 26 seconds. Like, wow. And then what? Then you get to go on your cruise when you're 65 and you're, you might not even be healthy or 
there's no guarantees of anything. So like enjoy the journey along the way. Don't ignore the bills. Like you still have to pay shit, but there's, there's life out there and we get too busy with life and all the stuff that we create that we don't take the time to figure out what it is that we like to do. And I remember going to a conference one time and the, 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 the speaker, he's like, you know, what do you guys like? What do you like to do for fun? And I mean, I struggled with it for a bit. Like I didn't have like this massive list right away. I mean, I got a bigger list now, but it stuns people and people forget that life can still be fun. Um, so enjoy life now. Like there's anything can happen at any time. So enjoy the journey along the way. There's ups, there's downs, find some cool people to hang with and do cool shit together. Yeah, you know, whenever I think of fun and excitement, uh, I always think of you because, uh, you know, we're we're all, uh, a lot of us are just caught up in, uh, you know, sort of the daily grind or just work, you know, work, 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 right? Yeah, but just remember, like, we've cr- we created the busy. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that you can uncreate that busy as well. Doesn't happen overnight because, and this is where people, they, 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 they don't have patience. They forget that it took 20 years to create all this busyness. Like maybe you have the 50 properties or whatever. And, you know, it's just created so much, takes up so much of your time. Like it takes a bit to maybe offload a bit of that or get the management companies in and get the systems right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think that the other thing here is, uh, you know, conditioning, right? Societal conditioning, um, conditioning through our years. Uh, we personally struggle with this too, because at least myself, like I'm a very disciplined person because that's the conditioning I've always had. And sometimes discipline, again, equates to, you know, I got to get up and I got to do the same thing every day. And I got to sit at my desk, like right at nine o'clock because I'm disciplined that way. Like I got to sit down and do work, right? I got to knock things out. And, you know, sometimes I find even myself, like I'll sit at my desk and I'll be like, Hey, today's a pretty light day. Like it's a good day. Like, you know, Things are delegated, things are working, but I got to work. I got to work now, right? Because this is my work. This is my time, right? So, you know, just like undoing some of that mental conditioning and being like, hey, like, it's okay. Like, let me just go for a walk or let me just go sit on the deck or, you know, let me do other things because I'm allowed to do that. It's okay to do that. You don't have to grind all the time. And I find other societies are a lot more supportive of that. Like I find here, especially it's all about the grind. People love to talk about the grind. People love to brag about the grind. Like when you talk to people, they love to tell like, Hey, so like, how are things going? Do you know what you hear a lot? Yeah. Super busy. Of course. Yeah. Right. I know it's, it's the badge of honor. So I was talking to you guys earlier. I, I went to Toronto with my daughter last week and we went on a weekday and we got there around 11 a.m. Right. We, we missed the, the crazy rush hour, but it was so interesting. Like as time went through the day, certain things would get busier. We took her out for a dinner. She found a place that she wanted to eat at. And it was kind of like a fancier restaurant. Right. So it was a little cool outside for the patio. So we went inside and went downstairs and a lot of people with like the suits and all like the, the fancy coming from work. And the, the, we're in the financial district and it was cool for her to see that like, it's still work. Like they're still talking about work. They just worked all day. Now they're having like a two or three hour meal. And it's still work. Like I have nothing against work, but you're right. Like the conditioning hits deep 
And going for those walks, it gives you the space to think about what do you like to do for fun and this and this. Like lately, because I go on and off with like listening to podcasts in the morning. Lately, I've just been walking just my dog at the beach. No headphones in, just hearing the birds, hearing the wind, hearing the, the waves in the water. It's it's hard going from crazy busy dude with the, all the phones and the computers. And it didn't happen overnight, right? You know, there's the meditation, like the, the solo retreats. Like it, it's weird and awkward at first, right? Like just kind of sitting somewhere by yourself because we're so used to, no, there has to be noise all the time. You have to have the radio on in the car. You have to like talk to someone if they're in front of you or when you're going away on a trip you or a, co- a concert. Like if there's a concert I want to go to and no one's available, do I rob myself of that experience because no one will go with me? Or do I just go? So or, or movies like it's solo dates. It just it's it's foreign to most people. But I, I, I love it at times. Yeah, I know. It's, I, it's such a, it's such a deep topic. Like we could go on and on about all of this, right? It's, it's such a, it's such an interesting point of conversation, but you're right. Like even for us, we've been, you, we've been on our own for so many years and we haven't worked for, for several years, you know, like I'd say half of our careers we worked and half of our careers we've been entrepreneurs, but we are still struggling to undo a lot of that conditioning about the hustle and like having to grind all the time and, 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 you know, talking about work all the time, making it so much of your identity because it's so much of what you do, but it's not your identity. It's just, again, like we talked about a lot of times, yes, your work brings you fulfillment and yes, you are passionate about your work, but your work is also a vehicle to make a living. And, And one thing here is finding fulfilling work is unbelievable. So I can see people wanting to continue to talk about their work, like even after they're working, if it's something they enjoy, right? Like, so that's like, that's not as bad as like continuing to the conversation with talking about like just unfulfilling work that you just don't really give a shit about. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, maybe we can transition into Epic Living Academy and also your you're now passion, new passion about helping dads become awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the transition more into just enjoying more life. There's just something about the word epic that really resonates with me. It just, it just feels like over the top and just doing just cool and fun and exciting things. So yeah, that's, I created the Epic Living Academy probably seven years ago. And yeah, I do do one-on-one coaching, group coaching, in-person experiences, just bringing people together and helping others along a similar journey to find what it is they enjoy doing, fulfilling work. Obviously health is like just one of the strong foundations for me and as well as coaching. So, and, and just enjoying life and figuring out what all that stuff is. So, and the supporting dads. Yeah. There's just, uh, again, like it's, I'm a dad. I get the struggles, um, for people that are working in work that they don't like doing, or they just want to be a better dad. Like I don't have this shit all figured out. Neither does all the other dads or anybody really, but bringing this Epic dad's brotherhood together is all about 
supporting each other through our struggles because and showing each other that we're, we're not alone. Like we have similar struggles of, you know, busyness and kids stuff and the relationship stuff and just busy at work and things like that. So, yeah. So um, the focus with that is around health, uh, investing, uh, wealth, uh, being a great dad and living a rich life. And rich isn't just money. Rich is all areas of your life. So for me, it doesn't have to be the or lifestyle. It doesn't have to be like, I have $5 million, but I have no health and I'm divorced. You can have all of those things. So um, yeah, that's uh, that's epic living. So I'm excited to get the in-person stuff back going again because I really miss that. Yeah, I know. COVID's uh, taken a number on everybody. It's uh, changed the world and uh, finally getting some normalcy back, which is yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about habits. Like we talked about routines. We talked about, you know, do, what, what, do you, what, what do you practice in terms of habits to, you know, really embody a, a healthy lifestyle? Yeah. Early morning wake-ups. I try my best. And, you know, there are mornings where I sleep in a bit, but I try to shoot for around 5.30-ish. Right. Obviously, like and I have kids and I just find mornings are more quiet. You know, I get out in the morning. I walk my dog. I might do like a quick 10 minute yoga type of thing. Um, but I find it just it fills the energy tank and it starts me up like just happy. Like I I have a tough time being pissed off when I'm like walking my dog at the beach. I take her off leash and she runs around and then she brings a stick to me. She drops it and she looks up at me smiling like it's just it's just a great way to start the day. So uh, I try my best to fill the the energy tank like at the beginning of the day because it sets me up for later on in the day. One of my best investments that I've made recently is uh, I have an infrared sauna. So I hop in there after I come back from my walk. I have a smoothie. Um, sometimes I queue up a podcast in there. Sometimes I'm reading uh, a book in there. So just trying to leverage the time I have. And then I've gotten to so much before not only my daughters wake up, but before the world wakes up. So it feels like sometimes I'm out for a run and, you know, I, I might see one other person out at that time. And I think to myself, I'm like, I I'm getting, I'm getting like an hour and a half head start on the rest of the world because I'm doing these things. And it just, it is what it is. Like it took work to get here. Um, everybody has the choice whether they want to do this or not. Um, so yeah. And then before bed habits and routines, I try my best again. I, I don't always do it, but powering down electronics earlier um, and just kind of shutting off the brain and having some wind down time before bed are, uh, are big ones and drink a lot of water and, uh, have some, uh, have, eat more veggies. Those are, uh, some <laughs> things that help with the energy stuff. That was my next question is how do you s stay so fit? Um, uh, and, and like, how do you maintain your energy levels to be as, as high as possible throughout the entire day? Maybe, you know, for our listeners, give us some tips. Sure. So I mentioned earlier, like doing fulfilling work is very important because you're there the majority of your day. So think of the things that bring you energy and think of the things that drain your energy. So work used to really drain my energy 
now, like I get to do this stuff. You, you, you hang around cool people. You get to talk about things that you enjoy doing. So instead of draining the energy tank, you're, you're actually filling your energy tank and your happiness tank, right? So do more of what you enjoy and less of what you don't. Again, sounds super simple, but how often do you know what that is? Like it's a simple 10 minute exercise of making the list of things that bring you energy. So hanging around good people. Um, and then you are what you eat. You've heard that before. Just drink a ton of water. When you think you've had enough, just drink more. And yeah, you got to pee more, but that's more exercise to go to the bathroom and go fill up your water. And um, and then just eating, eating smart, more veggies, being mindful of not eating processed food. And don't get me wrong, my favorite food is Panzerati. Um, I love them. I don't eat them super often because I know how it makes me feel. I, I, I love the taste, but I still, I still like, I don't cheat myself of the things I enjoy. I just don't have a Panzerati every week. Right. So that's, uh, that's how I keep the energy going. Yeah. And, and diet is, I mean, it makes a huge difference for sure. Yeah. The vegetables. That's what I tell people too. Like I was on a program last year where we were eating 16 ounces a day of veggies and it just completely changed. And, and, and once, once you get a taste of how that it's not even about, you know, people say fad diets and this and that once you, the first, you know, I did it for 90 days. The first 90 days are hard because you're changing, right? You're making a change to your body. You're detoxing, you're, you're making all these changes. But once you get a taste and your body gets used to that, you can't really go back. It's like your body actually craves that and you end up sustaining it, which is what I found. I'm not sure if you agree, but... For sure, yeah. So similar to what Jose was saying earlier about the sampler of not going to work and you're doing this other stuff. You've gotten a taste, but you have to stick with it long enough so you get the full taste of that feeling of like actual energy throughout the day where it's sustainable. Whereas most people, you know, they get their, their big caffeine hit in the morning and then the crash in the afternoon and the ups and downs. That's, that's not normal. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of us don't listen to our bodies. Our bodies are telling us, they're nudging us all the time with how we feel. So you know, for sure, Mike. And I think it's actually like a cycle, right? Because it all leads back to that busyness cycle. People who are super busy, unfulfilled, running the rat race, don't have the time to focus on their health. Uh, don't, you know, don't grocery shop for healthy foods. They'll eat out more often. You know, like it's all connected, really. And and people continue to live in, in sort of a pattern of unfulfillment, both for their minds and their bodies. It's, 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 yeah, it's kind of, you know, when you think about it, it's a little bit. Well, and this is what I do with my coaching. Like I, I, I nudge them. I give them a little sampler of uh, some things and I don't overwhelm them. Obviously at first, like I have so much to share with people, but I, I don't, I deliberately don't give them everything right away because they're already busy. So I help them optimize their, their time and their energy levels. Uh, and then we work towards helping them, you know, get the goals that they want, right? So I, I can appreciate the lifestyle they're living because not too long ago I was in that and I still have busy periods, but now I'm equipped with higher energy levels and optimizing my time and my schedule to be able to do things oh, sure. better. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about how your coaching program works, um, you know, whether... 
Uh, is it customized to the individual? Is it a group coaching? And and kind of sort of what the topics that you cover? Yeah, yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, I do the one-on-one. So the one-on-ones customized for that individual. I share, you know, some of these optimization tips that I was talking about with all coaching clients because everybody needs help with time and energy. So that's the one-on-one stuff. Now, as far as the group coaching, so in the past, I used to just coach different groups, you know, um, real estate investors and people that are in real estate and business and entrepreneurs. Now, one of my main focuses is, is on working with dads. So, you know, it's uh, basically it's a, it's a dad's circle and we all leverage each other's knowledge. Recently, just a couple of weeks back, I hosted a couple master classes. I just remember there was one guy in there. He's like, oh, wow, you know so much about investing and cryptos and real estate investing. Like, I tried to get into this, but I, it just takes forever. I don't know. And I'm like, dude, you, you don't have to know, right? Like, we're a group. Like, you leverage everybody else's knowledge. You establish a level of trust with the person and their knowledge in whatever category. Um, and then uh, you, 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 all, you all get the benefit. Like, we all, we all have strengths and weaknesses and all those things. So, yeah, that group is all around just maximizing energy levels, um, making the most of the time that we have, just being a freaking good dad, right? Like, you know, the, the last masterclass I did was that was the topic. We just hopped on there and it's just dudes like sharing and being honest with where they're at with things, understanding that there's room for improvement. Um, there always is. You know, always just strive for just something better. Just don't compete with other people. Just compete with yourself. Be a little bit better than you were yesterday. And life just gets that much more epic. So more fun, more experience, and enjoy the freaking journey. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, what's it all for? We're, uh, we're kind of coming to a close. Um, but, you know, I, I want to ask you, what's the most fun and uh, exciting things that, that activity that you've, you've done? Uh, to date? So it always revolves around some sort of travel. So one of my recent travels pre-COVID was a backpacking trip to Thailand. So when I was, it was always one of my regrets. I'm like, ah, you know, I went right from high school, right to college, then right from college to a job. And then you're in the cycle of what they told us we should do. Right. And then now we're just too busy. So I broke that. I'm like, you know what? Sure, I regretted it not doing it, but I'm still here. Why not go now? So, um, yeah, probably about five years ago. Uh, yeah, I had a lot. I still had lots on the go, but I figured it out. And two week trip to Thailand. I I ended up meeting up with a friend that I met at a Tony Robbins event one time. We were staffing one of his Unleash the Power Within. We kept in touch. This guy was already traveling around. He's like, "Where do you want to go?" I said, "Thailand." He's like, "Cool. I'm in Cambodia." let's meet here and we explored like a lot of thailand in two weeks and i would never have been able to do that without him there as well because he was experienced in that type of travel so oh man we got to so much on that trip we got to a lot it was really really cool so i want more of that right like that's my fuel you know and and i'm really looking forward to creating these type of experiences with others right 
through COVID, I was trying to coordinate it, but then things open, close, all that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, like visiting and you guys contributed. Like we, we built some schools, right? I'd love to like visit these schools that we helped build in Africa and uh, Ecuador and then create an experience around that, you know, do some safaris and personal growth and just play with the kids and do all that fun stuff. So yeah, travel. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Thanks, Mike, uh, for for being so open and sharing uh, your journey. And I think it's really, I think it's really commendable what you're doing, trying to, you know, bring this to other people. I think it's extremely important. I think people don't talk about it enough. They don't think about it enough. Um, society has taught us to just almost shut this part of ourselves down. Like it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't need to worry about that. You just need to focus on, on, you know, like paying your bills and making sure your kids are taken care of, but you know, you got to fill your own bucket too. And I learned that too. I actually started learning more about that after I had kids and after I realized how empty your bucket could really get, if you don't fill your bucket, you got to fill your own bucket. Just like they say on, like, I always remember, like they say on the aircrafts, right? You got to fill up your own life fast first before you, you can help anyone else. And it ties back not just being to a good dad, but being a good parent in general is that, you know, you got to be happy and healthy, have high energy levels, be fulfilled in everything that you're doing in order to lead by example and to be able to really give everything of yourself to your kids. Right. So I think that, I think that's, that's wonderful. And, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks again for sharing with us. Um, we'll link, um, your website in the show notes, um, epiclivingacademy.com and you have a Facebook group as well. Epic now. Uh, yeah, that's the URL, but it's, yeah, it's Epic living is the Facebook group. Epic living. Okay. Um, okay, perfect. So we'll link that too. And, um, if anybody's interested in getting in touch with Mike, definitely do so. Cool. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you guys. This has been great. Yeah, no, we, you know, this was a little bit of a different conversation, uh, but it was very, very important because it all ties into, you know, health and wellness is probably the most important thing, you know, um, without health, you have nothing. Yeah. We get so busy with other things that we, we, we forget about some of those things. So hundred percent. Cool. Okay. Thanks again, Mike. Cool. Thanks. See ya. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Savvy Real Estate Investor Show. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If you liked this episode, please write a review and share it with us. We are getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase how investors at any level can start using and leverage real estate to become savvy wealth builders. If you want to learn more about how we can potentially help you create more passive income and build your wealth faster, go to www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. Once again, it's www.savvyrealestateinvestor.com. All right, that's a wrap. We can't wait to hang out with you on the next episode.